this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, I want to talk about the dangers of being single faceted. So to illustrate this, I want you to get in your mind's eye the image of a die. Could be a six-sided die that we know from board games, Yahtzee, all of that. Or if you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan or a fan of some other role-playing game, then you know that there are some really cool looking die out there. There could be a 20-sided die, a 12-sided die, I mean, all different shapes, really cool. Anyway, pick your favorite image of a die and have it in your head. You can probably see it's not going to work very well if you only ever concentrate on one side, one facet. It doesn't give you many results. That is what's coming to light as we're working with one of our current clients in helping them put together a strong foundation and structure in the organization. The organization doesn't really have an official organizational chart or accountability chart. And with the growing pains that they're experiencing, it's really beyond time that this structure be created and put in place. As part of the work we're doing, we're also talking to all the members of the executive team and the, the main staff. And we're finding out some fascinating things, as I'm sure you can imagine. Well, one of the things that's coming to light is the fact that if you don't know what you don't know, then you tend to see the world just from your lens. Um, Maslow said, if all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. And if you're into any kind of carpentry or any kind of hobby, you know that you usually need more than one kind of tool. And so just a hammer and a nail isn't sufficient really to do everything that needs to be done. And in this, in this organization, which is somewhat of a young organization, but they've, they've been around for a while and they've tried on some business models and through trial and error and market research and all of that, they've, they've found the business model that works best for them and still somewhat of a young company. And so one of the people we talked to said, everyone in the organization has to focus on sales. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what else they do in the organization, they have to focus on sales. And of course, I pipe up and say, I disagree. Every organization has three legs three main legs. Doesn't matter if it's a nonprofit organization or a for-profit corporation. These three legs are crucial. So one is sales and marketing. Another is operations, which is the actual delivery of the product or service. And then third is finance and administration. If all three of those legs are not in place, then that stool is not going to stand up very well. And what this person was suggesting that, that we only have the one leg, sales and marketing. And when I continue to explain the model that we as business consultants are bringing into the organization, she says, oh yeah, we'll, we'll grow to that and we'll get to that eventually. But right now, 
everyone in the organization has to focus on sales and marketing. And I don't know that I ever convinced her. Uh, luckily, she's she's not the CEO and, and owner of the business because that does not, that kind of attitude and belief does not set the system, the organization up for success. Uh, it's that, I, I can't even call it a wobbly stool because with just that one leg, it's, it, it's on the ground. It is lying on the ground, on, it, on the side. There's no way that it is standing up firm and strong. And the other problem with that is that if, um, if, you, if you make a requirement that everybody in the organization has to be involved in sales and they need to be salespeople and they need to be going out there and making sales calls and prospecting and all of that, if that isn't their zone of genius or even their zone of excellence, or worse, they hate it, how's that, how's that working for you? <laughs> How's that, how's that going to work? Um, because not everybody loves sales. Now, I do think that all of us are in sales, whether we think so or not, uh, even if our role in an organization is, say, as an accountant, well, you're in sales because you got to keep your job, right? So you're, in, you're selling yourself to stay in that job by either performing or showing the organization how valuable you are, whatever it might be, you're in sales. We're in sales at home when we're trying to get our spouses or our kids or our family members to do something. So there's a little bit of, we're all in sales all the time. And when we look at the actual, like the sales person role in an organization, some people don't love that. As a matter of fact, they would do anything uh, rather than be in that position of salesperson. And so, again, I thought it was really short-sighted of this person to say, no, 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 everybody has to contribute to the sales effort because that's a waste of, of somebody's skills, first of all. I mean, there's so, I just, again, I'd have so many issues with this. And again, she'd been in sales all of her career, her entire career. And so kind of like Maslow's quote, where if all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, then if all you've ever done is sales, then you think that that's the most important piece of any organization. And it is important, but it's only one of those legs. The the other example I had was um, kind of a, the opposite, and it was of a training organization who really focused on operations, delivering the product, delivering the service, might have done a little bit with the finance and administration site with paying attention to expenses and money coming in and money going out and compensation and those kinds of things, and absolutely very little, if any, effort on the sales and marketing piece. And 10 years after I've left that organization, it is more or less than, how do you say that? It's, it's not even a third of its, of its size. 
and it's a closed system so it's just going to keep shrinking until at some point the company is going to close and it's that that's sad and it goes to that whole piece of no what we have to do is deliver our service or product that is the most important thing that we have to do and it's that single facetness facetedness i think i just made up a word of of looking at something you have to be like one of those multifaceted dice so that you can see all of these are important now maybe you don't have to be strong in all those facets but that's the importance of of bringing elements in that complement you and this this is something i'm going to be talking about over the next few episodes because i think that's really important is we tend to think of ourselves in in a single unit as an i even if we're part of a team or part of a department we we don't always think of ourselves as part of a bigger unit and how all those pieces fit together so that's going to be a theme you're going to see over the next several episodes in this podcast. So this first part is about thinking outside yourself. Thinking, hmm, I wonder I wonder if there's something I don't know. We don't know what we don't know. But as we start to become more conscious and we try to expand our awareness, we might think, huh, could there be something of value that somebody else is bringing to this? I look at that, uh, I can remember going to a conference years ago and I was not impressed with the keynote speaker. And I thought, oh, this is a waste of my time. And I'd paid for this conference, so I didn't feel like I could just get up and leave, which I could have. What I decided though, was to say, you know what? I bet there's something, there's at least one nugget, one, nugget, one gem, that I can get out of being in the audience, that I can get out of hearing what the speaker has to say. And I've used that attitude a few times. So instead of being either negative or, huh, there's nothing of value here, thinking the opposite, I bet there's something of value here. Is this an opportunity to expand my knowledge, to expand my awareness? to understand even that somebody else thinks about something differently from the way I think about it. I hope you found this helpful. And next time you play a board game or you just happen to run across some, some dice, roll it, roll, roll a die, roll two dice, and think about what that means in terms of you. Where do you need to expand? Where do you need to see the other side, another facet? Where do you need to bring in another side or another facet? We don't know what we don't know, but we can change that by expanding our thinking so that we start to get little glimmers of those things that maybe we don't know. And then we know we don't know them, and then we can fill in that gap. Until next time, may you thrive.